Welcome to this episode of On Finding Peace, brought to you by Life's Journey Life Coaching. Our host, Chris Shea, is a counselor, nationally recognized speaker, and author on topics of guiding us to finding peace in our daily lives. Learn more about Chris Shea by visiting his website, www.lifesjourneyblog.com. I'd like to welcome everyone to another episode of On Finding Peace. I'm Chris Shea, your host, and this is the podcast where we talk about different techniques and tips and insights that all of us can use on a daily basis, which helps lead us into finding our inner peace. I'm very pleased that I have uh, interesting and insightful, thoughtful people who join us on this podcast. And today we are joined by Matt Scott, who is an author, amongst other things, but has written a very wonderfully insightful, mindful children's book series. And we're going to talk about that and, you know, that even though this is a children's book series, all of the messages that come from the series is important for all of us. And, you know, I, I think what's helpful, and we've interviewed on this podcast in the past a couple other children's books authors, and I think what's great with children's books is it also engages the adult. So this is a, a medium of engaging both child and adult, um, since it's the adult who's going to be reading the books. So uh, welcome, Matt Scott. I, I appreciate the time that you're taking to uh, join us. My pleasure, Chris. Thanks for having me on. This is exciting. Excellent. Uh, well, I will say that, you know, one of the things that attracted uh, me to have you on this is uh, I, I have had the pleasure of reading your books, and I'm very impressed with your message and the illustration that goes along with the message. If you can uh, describe for the audience uh, kind of who you are and the books that you've written. Yeah, thank you. Um, it was fun uh, making them. This uh, The illustrator was Anna Sebastian. She did a great job. She really dialed it in. Um, as far as the messaging goes, the global message, um, the book series is called Find Something Awesome. And to be honest, that is actually step one. And the, it, it moves through uh, the next steps that you do uh, with your brain in order to hopefully find happiness and success. Um, and so I had written the first book. I realized there needed to be a second one. And, and through um, my own trials, tribulations, um, seeking, um, meditating even, um, and thinking, uh, it's now at book uh, five, which will soon be published. Excellent. So we have four books in, in the series and, um, they're already out. What, what prompted you to write children's books on mindfulness? And, and I, I know that there's a ton of books, I mean, ton and ton of books, you know, for adults on mindfulness. I, I'm not aware of, you know, how many are out there for children, but I wouldn't think all that many. Uh, so why focus on the, on the child? There are, a ton of reasons. Um, first and foremost, I was always seeking, you know, I was always looking for something personally, 
my whole life, you know, how, how do you think your own thoughts? How do you have self-confidence? Why is that person confident? Why is that person successful? You know, um, and, and I never, I, I think, and I know that I sort of had to figure it out myself. I didn't understand uh, messaging that was being given to me, although it was clearly there and clearly correct in my upbringing in, in uh, Episcopalian church. I didn't understand it. And having recently, or it feels recently, I guess, I have three kids now that are eight, mm-hmm. seven, and three. And raising them up, I, I don't want them to learn the lessons that I've learned later in life um, so they can utilize the things that I've learned early on because the messaging is very simple and and the way that it's presented I think in most cases is either taboo or it's uh, confusing and so in my experience with my own kids I wanted to make it as 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 easy as possible, as fun as possible, um, and as um, understood as possible. I mean, it, the messages can come quick as quickly as you know my four-year-old having two, you know, having one cookie, but he's crying because he wants two. And it's how do you how do you communicate to that to that kid what what he's doing with his own brain in, in order to you know, not feel happy and to feel wanting and to redirect the fact that, Hey, you have one cookie, you should be happy, you know, focus on what you have and, you know, don't let this other part of you ruin it. <laughs> it right. so the messages can be, go all the way down to there in a simple little situation that everybody falls into, you know, with their kids or as being a kid. And then it just, magnifies from there if, if you if you if you're not aware of the potentials you have to avoid these um negative things it just it just goes through your whole life until you literally learn to get control of it and and in doing so you know throughout my life i've read tons of books everything from think and grow rich to um i really like the uh, like the power of now I've read um, everything you can think of, mm-hmm. essentially, um, and dialed into all these things. And, and I kept noticing that there's incredibly uh, similar messaging in all of them. I mean, you know, even cel- you know, just fun ones like Celestine Prophecy, um, or I really liked uh, Emmett Fox, which was Diagrams for Living. Which was one of the first uh, one of the first books that really engaged me to to understand even the Bible. And, uh, and, and I believe he's tagged. I don't know if, if he agrees, but he's tagged as a Christian scientist. You know, there's other books that have similar messages that are, that are the Christian books. And there's other books that are tagged with the similar messaging that are the law of attraction or, um, anything you even want to say, you know, about any religion, they all seem to be rooted in the same principles that um, have different methods of teaching that again I didn't ever understand until um, I was older um, so getting back to the original question I was motivated to to teach these lessons to my kids and I didn't see anything out there right. and um, I thought maybe with a graphic representation 
of something that the parent can read to the child um, with visual that they can look at and and have fun and sort of a Dr. Seuss style rhyming capacity. Uh, you know, I thought that would be very effective. And then at the end of each book, there's questions that, that can be asked of the of the of the kid or teenager or even their, themselves. And then there's capabilities that that are listed that that everyone has. And then there's steps to follow in order to um, sort of train and practice your brain to um, utilize these capabilities. You know, first you have to become aware of them and then you have to practice them. And, you know, and practicing comes with questions and, and just daily life. So I put all of that together in this series um, in hopes to do that. And so far, so good. I mean, it's, it's been great. Yeah, that that's awesome, and and it really, as I was reading through the books, that it did kind of have that Dr. Seuss esque, uh, you know, way of flowing. It it didn't at all read to me as you know a strictly educational book, although the message is there. Um, right. Is is this like a special training of yours, or or just a gift that you have to to be able to do that? So I, I really was impressed with with the <laughs> the writing style. Um, well, thanks. I, you know what? I, I don't, I was never trained. Um, I'm not really sure. I always had the ability to, to rhyme. Um, and I, I don't know why we used to write Christmas uh, letters out, my wife and I, and they were always fun and always well regarded. And my wife who is, you know, very creative. Um, I think she was even shocked <laughs> at the uh, at, at at my ability to create uh, lyrics, and so you know words are very powerful, and putting them into rhyme um, was a was a fun challenge, and uh, I guess um, you could call it a gift. I'm not certain. I'm not uh, certain. I would I, I call it a gift. Uh, you know, and, and I appreciate your uh, humility on that. All, but. Um, you know, for me as a writer, you know, it's one thing to come up with the idea and how do you take that idea from the mind to the paper, but then you took the idea from, you know, the mind to the paper and then made it into a, uh, you know, nice poetic way of, of putting it. But um, where, where did you uh, think of the different topics and, and is there a flow to these topics, you know, so if someone were to buy your books, can we, you know, buy like book three, uh, you know, first, or is this really a series? It, it is a series. Um, thank you for the, for the compliment. I, I also want to add that the illustrator, um, she was on it and, and really helped in, uh, developing the ideas with what she did. Um, we had a lot of back and forth, but it, it turned out really, really awesome. Um, the books are in series, and while they can be read independently, um, they do build on each other. So book one is called What Color Is Your Butterfly? And that was the one that started it all. And it was it was interesting to me. I, I go into my daughter's room. She's hysterical about something. I don't know what it was. She was three or four years old. I think, mm -hmm. I think she was three and she's hysterical. I mean, you know how it is. Everybody's seen a hysterical three-year-old. They're upset about something and it's something small, but you're not going to crack the code. So I tried to crack the code. 
And so you, know, you want your kid to be happy. You don't want them to be sad and, and you want well, them to, uh, to smile. And so, um, literally I'm sitting here. I'm like, she's thinking about something and she's very upset. And I said, Oh, you know what? I go, I said, Chloe, I said, I forgot. What's your favorite color? And she says, she kind of grumbles out. She's pink, you know, in, a, in sort of a hysterical cry. And I go, Oh, that's right. I forgot it was pink. I said, can you tell me something in your room that's pink that you really like? And, you know, I know she loves Peppa Pig and she just happened to say pink and there's a Peppa Pig doll right there. And she says, you know, Peppa Pig. And I go, oh, yeah, I love Peppa Pig. That's awesome. Is there something else in here that's pink that you really like? And she points over and she's got the little smile. She goes, well, my piggy bank, my piggy bank's pink. I go, yeah, that's great. Your piggy bank is pink. I go, that's really cool. And that's your favorite color, right? She says, yeah. I said, you know, could you name something else that's pink? And she starts smiling and laughing. She's pointing around the room at different flowers and things. Within 60 seconds, she's smiling and laughing. And the tears are still on her face, but she's happy. And in my head, I'm like, oh, my, my Lord, I need, to, <laughs> I need to develop this capability in her, you know, to, to recognize your feelings come from your thoughts. What you're thinking about literally um affects how you're feeling and if you find something that you really like and you think about it and you think about why you like it it quite literally changes the emotion immediately and so she went from crying hysterical three-year-old to a laughing smiling three-year-old in 60 seconds and so for that it turned it into a game we used to call rainbows and butterflies and she'd march around the house and and say you know, oh, there's a monster. And she'd say, rainbows and butterflies. And and we'd all laugh and like the monster would run away. And so that was the game we started playing was, was um, butterflies and rainbows. And, and it was literally about her picturing something in her head that she liked and the monsters would run away. And um, it's, it's an incredibly powerful capability you know it's too easy to focus on anything that's negative or scary albeit a, a a fake monster or albeit something that could happen that that probably won't but you're still worried about it you know either way you're letting it drag you down and you're creating this thought in your head when you can turn it off you can literally come back to the moment and how do you do that how do you turn off the negativity and and literally step one is is Open your eyes, look around, find something awesome, think about something awesome that you love, and and that's step one. So it takes practice, and and quite literally, as the author of these books, you know, I I fall into the traps all the time still, and so with more practice, I get better. But I witness my own brain, you know, finding reasons that this could be horrible, or finding things to worry about, or finding things that you know, that might not be good. And so then I, then I find myself stressed out and worrying about things. And then I miss the opportunity that could have been, you know, something better because I'm sitting here stressed out. Right. And, um, and so step one is, is incredibly important. And, and, and it's not just, Hey, you do it right now. You know, you do it all the time. And as I've practiced it and gotten better at it, I still witness the the negative thoughts come in and, and I still have to even train myself to, you know, picture uh, truly something that I'm thankful for 
and uh, in my mind and uh, and be thankful. And man, oh man, the power of gratitude is what I discovered next, which was the next book, which is called Have You Ever Thanked a Rainbow? And so it's a bit of a, you know, this one could be challenging in its in its defense. I can see people coming and coming at it for certain different reasons. But in order to feel thankful, the first step literally is to praise something. And so what is praise? Praise is love. Praise is giving a compliment. Praise is being kind. And then you literally say or thank the fact that you have that in your life. Um, and that, in my opinion, opens your mind to, or opens my mind to better negotiate, navigate, create the image that I'm trying to seek, which is my true goal. Right. So those two steps, uh, were the, uh, are the foundation or the base of, of book one and two. It's find something awesome in book one and be thankful in book two. And I mean, gratitude is one of the biggest ways that I've, and in fact, probably the only way that I've witnessed how to turn off negativity. Um, and it's in, in my, in my mind, it's the same as saying to turn off the ego. And we've all, we've all understood and heard, maybe not understood, but we've all heard the word ego and probably never quite understood it as much as, um, as we should. And, and which is again, another reason for the books. Um, you, you, we all have this ego and, and what does that even mean? Um, and that turned into book three, you know, what, what does your brain do when you're met with a challenge or when you're met with something that, that isn't good, um, or something that hurts or something that's painful? What does your brain do? Well, what mine did from what I witnessed was the source of all of my negativity and all of my challenges all came from uh, immediately thinking what somebody else was thinking or even subconsciously I had developed an attitude or thought or perception based on what somebody else was thinking about me and, and um, trying to turn that off has been something I've been seeking my whole life. You know, how do you turn off, thinking what other people think about you or, or thinking about what somebody else did or what their intent was. And, and everybody has access to it immediately. It's, it's innate in us. Even when you get cut off in traffic, somebody cuts you off. What do you do? You go, oh, what is that guy thinking? What a jerk. You know, what, what is that guy thinking? Mm-hmm. And we all even say it, you know, and you're, now your brain is thinking what that guy is thinking. And you're thinking he has ill intent because he's cutting you off and disrespecting you. And, and you can witness yourself do it literally every second of the day when you're hit with a challenge, what does your brain do? It thinks what somebody else was thinking. Right. And, and usually your ego. negative, and, not in, in the positive. Absolutely. To, to the negative. And so, and it's, it literally is a bad habit is what it is. And so in order to break a habit, you first have to recognize that you're doing it. And so that was the foundation of book three was, you know, okay, I can, I can praise and I can be thankful and now I feel good, but bam, I just got hit in the face with a rock. 
you know, oh, who's the guy who threw that rock? What's going on? You just, just you know, but now I'm angry. I'm like, oh, man, what was the path of that anger? You know, I mean, getting hit in the face with a rock, of course, would make you probably <laughs> angry. Yeah, and usually. <laughs> but, you know, and, and that's that's sort of the comic uh, satire in the book. So, Did you laugh when you stubbed your toe is book three. And um, but but literally, when you're faced with a challenge, you know, uh, anything, watch what your brain does. It it can think what someone is thinking. It can think what something is thinking. You know, um, you know. I'll give an example. I'm in my my closet, and <laughs> this is strange. I don't uh, for the radio. I guess this is sort of uh, Matt Scott uh, 500. But I'm I'm hanging. I'm trying to get a shirt off. I'm trying to get a shirt off of the uh, my very small closet. You know, my wife and I have a closet, and I've got this back little left corner because she has most of it. But I'm pulling a shirt off of uh, a hanger, and the hanger is still hooked to another hanger with a rubber band because mm. it just came from the dry cleaners, and and I can't get it off. I'm like, oh, stupid hanger! What is this doing? I just I, I feel disrespect from the hanger. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? Why did my brain just do that? This is a hanger. It's reacting to the laws of physics. It doesn't have intent or will to, you know, block the goal of my uh, that I'm seeking to take this hanger out of the closet. But I just created the full <laughs> intent of what the hanger is trying to do to block where I'm trying to go. And I'm like, wait a minute, I just did it again. You know, I got to take a deep breath, focus, find something awesome, realize that things can only react to physics and uh actually don't have intent <laughs> yeah so, although many of us have been there i i, I can empathize <laughs> yeah next time you're angry at something inanimate trace your thought back you you will literally witness the gateway to the anger is thinking what that thing was thinking to disrespect you to you know get in your way and and it's a bad habit and it even gets into, you know, thinking what other people are thinking, of course, we said that. and that, But that's, in my opinion, you know, I, we haven't talked much about the Bible or God, but, you know, the original sin, right, when God sees Adam and Eve and they're wearing clothes, they're wearing the, uh, the um, fig leaves, right? Mm-hmm. And God says, well, how did, who told you to do that? You know, why are you, how do you know that somebody can judge you? You know, how, you know, he, he immediately kicked them out of the Garden of Eden at that point when God realized that they were concerned what other people would think about them and they were ashamed of their nakedness. And so literally that was the step out of the Garden of Eden was thinking what other people are thinking and being not confident, not self-confident inside that garden of eden without judgment and so to me that was just wham you know i hit myself in the rock with a head or in in that in the uh, (laughs) face of the rock because i'm like oh well that's completely in line with what i'm witnessing is that the moment i get a challenge you know i think what somebody else is thinking and now i'm i'm insecure and i can turn that off i can go back into the garden and turn my mind back on by finding something awesome and being thankful. And I think what people will soon realize is when you're thanking, you're, you're literally thanking the universe, you're thanking God or whatever you want to call it. And, and those are the steps to stay in the Garden of Eden, a.k.a. stay with an open mind 
um, to get all of the blessings that, you know, are promised uh, and not even promised, but true um, that will truly come if you stay, quote unquote, in the garden, which is an, an open mind with an open heart, with a true goal that you're focusing on and um, avoiding the negativities of your ego and, and all of these things, um, you will literally find what you're seeking. And, right. um, and that's, well, that's the whole gist of going into book four and even book five is, is what are we trying to do here? Well, we're, we're trying to be happy and we're trying to accomplish goals that we actually want, you know, not, not revenge and not through anger and not through because I want everybody to think I'm cool, you know, but because I want this goal because this is something that, that I want in my life and you can actually get it is, is the purpose of the Bible in, in some regard is literally you've been given all of the gifts that you need to get whatever you want. You just have to, learn how to use the tools that you have and, and learn to use the, uh, to recognize the pitfalls that your own brain is going to do and does to take you away from those things. And, and it's, it's a fascinating subject to me. And I, I've quite literally witnessed it. I mean, I, I don't know if you call it uh, serendipity or law of attraction or being blessed or whatever you want to call it. You can literally get, a goal that you seek and and that's one of the messages in christianity seek and you shall find well how do you do it you know why am i failing why am i not getting there why am i unhappy all of those answers are in my books all of those answers are in the bible all of those answers are being taught by people in the law of attraction and all of the the pitfalls and all of the all of the uh things that we all do because we're all based in biology and we all live in a, in physics um our brains all do these same things and and once you take control and you recognize that you, you have these bad habits and you have a capability of of ending the bad habits and directing you know your prayers or your thoughts whatever you want to call them to a to a focus of intent watch the world respond with opportunity to get you there it's it's absolutely the miracle. Oh, most definitely, and and I, I know I've, I've witnessed that, and you know many different people, and you know definitely uh, you know believe in what you're saying with that. Um, d- does this mean that these are Christian based books, or is this Christian messaging? How, how would you classify the books based on? Uh, you know, the, this message that, that you're saying, which goes really hand in hand with mindfulness, uh, you know, in a, right. in a very real way. Well, it's a really good question. And I have not labeled the books um, to any capacity. And like I say, I have Christians and, and uh, interestingly, law of attraction and mindfulness people all, you know, contacting me and saying, yeah, right on. That's exactly right. Praise Jesus. And yes, that's exactly right. You're right on with the law of attraction. And yes, you're exactly right. So I haven't labeled them. Well, can I say they're Christian? Absolutely. And can I say they're law of attraction? Absolutely. But it has to be said probably with a conversation 
um, and, and mindfulness, it's all the same thing. And it's definitely going to be met um, with an argument, um, you know, and, and I'm capable of, of handling those arguments. Um, but yes, the messages are absolutely Christian. And yes, it's absolutely mindfulness. And yes, they're absolutely a lot of traction. And I mean, I mean, all the other religions all have the same roots. They deviate from there. And, um, and that's the unfortunate consequence of, of, I think, people misunderstanding messages and capabilities. But, you know, to pray is to quite literally create an image in your mind and hope, hope the world responds to it right? This is what I want. Oh, I'm praying to God. And, and this is my message. Well, where's the son of God come into all this? Where's Jesus come into all of this? Where does mindfulness come into all of this? It's, it's all tied together. Um, you know, book five sort of gets into it, into the, you know, more serious, but still fun and, and lyrical, um, topic. Um, you know, you read the power of now with, um, who wrote The Power of Now? I'm sorry, Deepak Chopra? Uh, or was that? No, uh, Eckhart Tolle. Eckhart Tolle, yeah, right. Eckhart yep. Tolle. The Power of Now. Excellent says, you book. are now. It is. And, and you are now. Well, it, it took me a long time to figure out what he was saying. And the Son of God, same thing. I think loving Jesus is the same thing as saying, love what's in front of you. Love what's in front of you, what you see. And then you'd be thankful to God or the universe, whatever you want to call it. As long as you're thankful, you look up, be thankful. Say, I am so grateful that this beautiful green tree is sitting in front of me right now. What, a, what an awesome thing. And look, there's a little bird in there. I am so grateful to see that today. You just praised and thanked and it made you feel good, right? Mm-hmm. So, so getting back to the, to the question, um, yeah, I'm going to have some arguments from some literal translationalists, which, you know, I think, um, uh, you know, whether they believe what they say and it gets them to be happy and, and they witness these truths, that's wonderful. Um, but to communicate those truths to other people, it's very difficult. You know, I mean, did Jonah really get swallowed by a whale and live? You know, I I really don't think so. But tell me the lesson that Jonah knew in order to get out of the whale. That's the thing I really want to understand, right? You know, did Noah Noah really build an ark and put these animals on it that probably would have killed each other and you wouldn't have had food for all of them? (laughs) And how he would have gotten them all on this ark in the first place is, is, uh, your guess is as good as mine. But if you really, really look at the, the Noah's ark story spiritually, what does Noah have? Noah has a problem, right? He says, I have a problem. What happens when you have a problem? Well, you shut off your mind. You build this ark, so to speak. You shut off your mind to access to the world. Um, and what is he looking for now that he's in this ark? He's in this, you know, flooded waters. Um, he's, he's floating around. What is he looking for? Well, he's looking for a solution to his problem. What is a solution to his problem? A solution to Noah's problem is land, right? Noah needs to Mm -hmm. find land. So what does he do to find land? Noah lets out a black bird. 
to find land. What is Blackbird the symbol of? Well, frustration, it's anger, it's negativity, it's all these things. Do you ever find a solution to your problem by being angry or frustrated? No, you do not, right? You don't. Exactly. You can dominate and you can do these things, but they'll never last. But through negativity, you're never going to find a solution to your problem. So what does Noah do? He, he, on the, the second thing that he does is he lets out another bird, black one, to find a solution to his problem, land. Guess what? He still doesn't find land. What does he do with the third attempt? He lets out a white bird. Hey, I think I'll let out a white bird to find land. What is the white bird the symbol of? It's a symbol of love. It's a symbol of giving. It's a symbol of appreciating and thankfulness. All of these things that we can all do. And guess what Noah finds? White bird comes back, you know, re, uh, the, what's he have in his mouth? Some sort of twig. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, yeah but, like an olive branch or twig. But Yeah, the yeah. olive branch in his mouth. And, and guess what? Noah finds solution to his problem. Noah finds land because he let out a white bird. If somebody would have taught me that when I was in sixth grade, instead of me sitting there building an ark out of popsicle sticks, not understanding what I was doing, you know, I, I think I would have been a lot better off to say, hey, listen, Matt, you, you can find solutions to your problem through loving. And just like Noah did and just like Jonah did, they got out of these problems that 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 they've fallen into because a you're you, you know you're turning off your mind when you find a problem because you have a bad habit of doing it you you manifest your frustration and your anger and you're never going to get anywhere matt if you if you literally matt what, what are you happy about right now what what do you like in your life that that that's awesome and if I could have started practicing that when I was in fifth grade, instead of building and work out of popsicle sticks, um, you know, I, I think I would have found these messages sooner. And right. so, so the stories themselves are absolutely powerful, effective, true. Um, but how to use the messages in those stories um, to me is the secret sauce to, you know, to utilizing the power of the book in the first place. And, well, and, so and I, I especially like, you know, within this messaging that we're through the books, we're, we're teaching the kids to remove themselves from ego. And yeah. that's a hard lesson for kids because kids and mm-hmm. you know, especially in the, in the younger ages, our ego, I mean, they're, they're one big living, breathing ego. You know, yeah. the, the sooner we can get them out of, you know, that self and to, and to recognize others and the needs that others may have, uh, you know, is probably going to do them and the rest of, of our society a, a, a great service. There is no doubt. In my opinion, that is the key to peace on earth. It's, um, you know, it's the key to peace. Um, in the classroom, it's the key to peace in the family. It's, it's quite literally the key to peace. And, um, I lost my train of thought here a bit, but, but yes. Oh yeah. Turning, turning off the ego is, is exactly it. And how do you do it? I remember I was, when I graduated from high school, the, the, the commencement speaker, or the, the keynote speaker, um, what I, I don't know what you call that. I forget. Um, but he taught, I remember what his message was, 
you know, you need to learn to turn off your ego. And if you can, and if you figure out a way, please contact me. And I thought mm. to myself, what's the ego? <laughs> I have no idea. I had no idea. I'm 17 years old. I have no idea what he's talking about, but I clapped. You know, I'm like, okay, yeah, that sounds great. But I had no idea what he was talking about because that's all I had was my ego. So if that's all that you have, you know nothing else. And if you know nothing else, you're going to not know how to handle frustration. And, and you're going to, in my opinion, probably fail. And you're going to... Um, you know, be less happy than you possibly could be all of these things, um, that everyone is looking for, you know, success and happiness and, and, um, you know, control over their carnal desires, so to speak, um, is what everybody's trying to do. And, and in a, in a sense, you know, turning off your ego is the literal step and the know how to do that, I think has been, either lost in translation or just simply not taught for purpose. You know, we could, you could argue that for the rest of your life, but, you know, whether it's intended, but the point is teaching how to turn off your ego. A, you have to know what it is in the first place. And in a simple <laughs> sentence as, as described in the books, it's quite literally thinking what other people or things are thinking about and thinking about what other things are thinking about you. And so that's your ego. And so there is something else. And so to introduce the fact that there's something else to kids, they're like, hey, you're not just, you know, you don't have to feel bad because there's this bully here or there's someone here that's treating you badly. You know, you can feel good about yourself because you have to love yourself. You have to love yourself first and don't rely on love from another person that's happens to be a bully now i feel bad because this person you know doesn't love me it's like don't give them that power in the first place you know if you build a foundation in loving yourself um for i mean first and, and not necessarily first to be quite honest because i think the first way to do it is to love your world and then be thankful for your world and then create uh, you know, the image that you're actually seeking and in the process, you know, you discover that there is a you that is not yourself, that is not your ego, that is not um, God, that that is quite literally, you know, as Deepak Chopra says, is quite literally you. And it happens to be mm-hmm. the thing that's in the moment at the present time. And you, and you are the one with the ability to now utilize your imagination um, that was opened with uh, positivity. And you can, you can um, stay focused on that image that you create that you're seeking based on the, the power source that you tap into, which is quite literally again from you, you know, you love, you receive, um, your open, your mind is open. You focus on the image you want to find and you walk forward and watch God or the universe respond with what you're looking for. Right. And almost. And, definitely. And, yeah. So, you know, you discover these things in book five, one of the, I have a true, I have some true or false questions in the back. And one of them is true or false. You know, um, you are your imagination or your, I, I call the imagination, the self, um, and the mind, all the same thing. And I, I use them interchangeably and I explain that in book five. But the question is this, true or false? Are you your imagination self-mind or 
is your imagination self mind a tool that you use in order to seek what you desire or to create an image of what you are actually trying to find and the answer is obviously you know i'm sorry i worded it wrong but the answer is true it's it's a tool that you use to create an image of what you're looking for right you know so you stand in the spot you know you're i I, I'm having it illustrated because I think this is how it is. The image that you create is, is quite literally behind you. You stand in front of it and the world stands in front of you and you stand it now and you, and, you know, bringing Christianity into it, you, you stand there now, you know, with Jesus as, as they would and could and do say, I've had, I've had numerous conversations with pastors and priests and, and we are all in agreement. And um, it's it's interesting to me, at least on that level, um, sort of asked my own question here, but um, we're, we're in full agreement. And, and what I get from some of a lot of the conversations I've had with with the ministers and priests is that I have a very uh, functional Christianity. And and my answer is yes. I mean, shouldn't we all? You know, if, if Christianity <laughs> exactly. is an access to miracles and an access to happiness, we all have a functional Christianity, and the answer well, is yes. Isn't it all about you know doing in action? You know that that's you know kind of what our our life is about. Um, you know, yes. not just sitting back and and letting life happen to us. When uh that when is uh, book five estimated to be available for people to purchase? That's a great question too. Um, <laughs> it's being illustrated right now, um, and. Um, I just got the first uh, round back and I haven't looked at it, but it's probably, I would say at least a couple months. Um, it's, what is it now? Uh, August. Yes. Yeah, so or we're right beginning of August. Yeah. I'm hoping to have it by Christmas. Um, Excellent. And yeah, I mean, it, it, it's all in the illustrator's hands. She can, she can come back with a absolute perfect thing or she can come back with something that needs to be edited and, and that can take time. So each book was sort of different in, in, in our agreement of what, what certain pages should look like. Um, so this one, I'm really curious as to how she's going to, cause I, I actually give her, uh, ideas as to what I want on each page. And then she comes back with her interpretation of what I said. And sometimes those are spot on. And sometimes they're there. I miss the mark or she missed the mark. And, and so she, she was fantastic in, um, in putting that into an illustration. So I'm looking right. forward to seeing what she's done. Excellent. As am I. And after seeing the four previous uh, books with the illustrations and how they match it, It'll be great to, to see the fifth. Where can uh, people purchase these books? I have a website that uh, I was lucky to get, or or maybe not. I uh, found uh, findsomethingawesome.com, and I was very happy to, uh, to, to search for it and find that it was still <laughs> available. But findsomethingawesome.com, and that has links to Barnes & Noble and Amazon, and uh, the publisher themselves, which is Mascot Books and uh, M-A-S-C-O-T Books. I think Mascot has, well, there's a, there's a button that you can click for the bundle on to buy it from Mascot. I think most okay. people are inclined to buy it from Amazon because they probably have a, an account set up or something. But 
Amazon only bundled three books for some reason, um, but Mascot not only bundled all four, but it's less expensive um, for all four than, than Mascot did for all three, I believe, at this point. It might be within nice. a dollar, I think. But but yeah, so Mascot Books uh, has worked uh, well for me in, 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 in my goal. You know, it's not, I'm not here to make a living. I'm here to get a message out. And so... Um, production costs and things like that it's it's essentially cost you know at least in the first go around it's very expensive to make books so um i'm uh the price point is very low and in fact uh, quite literally cost um at this point right well it, it's a wonderful message to have out there and and i really encourage people to you know pick up the books and you know definitely if you have younger children uh, the, these are perfect books for them to, you know, change that ego, really get into the notion of, of what mindfulness is all about. Um, but, you know, as an adult, I enjoyed reading them. So I, I'd even say to the adults listening without kids, you know, just go get them. Um, you know, who cares if the <laughs> children's books? I, I really got a lot out of it. So, I mean, the message is still true. Um, you know, right. so go go get the books. Um yeah. But I, I really appreciate, you, you know, that. yeah, well, and I, and I appreciate the time that you've taken to, you know, explain the, the purpose of the books and, and, you know, what's going on with them. There, there really is a, a lot of uh, poetic wisdom in them. And uh, I, I really appreciate, you know, your time to share your thoughts and, and beliefs with all of us. I do too, Chris. I think that, um, like I said earlier, I think that peace on earth, peace in our own lives. It, it's all through everything that we've all, that we already have heard, but maybe hearing it a little bit different way um, through these books, hopefully something will, will spark and we can start, uh, you know, a grand movement to uh, fix the whole planet. <laughs> you know, there that's, you go. I think everybody's <laughs> intent and, and hopefully that'll happen. Well, I'm always one for thinking big. So let's keep thinking big and, and, uh, <laughs> you know, really encourage, again, I, I encourage people to, uh, you know, pick up these books and then, you know, definitely when book five gets out, uh, closer to the, uh, fall holidays, we'll, uh, you'll be looking forward to that. So, you know, thank you again, Matt. And I want to thank everybody, uh, you know, for taking the time to listen to this podcast and, um, you know, if you have any more, uh, you know, want any more information on, on, uh, Matt and his books, just feel free to uh, go back to his website and I will have that in the uh, show description. Uh, Thank so you for listening you to this episode. If you found the information to be helpful, please leave us a comment and a review. But more importantly, please share this episode and this podcast with others who you feel would also benefit from the message. It's important for all of us to form a community wherein we all can learn how to find our inner peace. Thank you, and have a very mindful day. Thank you for listening to this episode with Chris Shea. Learn more about Chris Shea by visiting his website, www.lifesjourneyblog.com.